This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. So we turn the corner now in the last hour of Power Talk this Thursday morning. It is quarter past 11. Sure. And now we're going to have what I think is a difficult conversation, but just some hard truths we cannot escape, especially if we're parents. So the We Protect Global Alliance has released its fourth global threat assessment report. And what it reveals is that there has been an 87% increase in reported child sex abuse material cases since 2019 to date. Basically 32 million reports globally. Um, and what it just shows us is the kind of vulnerability that our children's face, that our children's face, why am I say children's, that our children face when they are online, gaming, doing their homework, just surfing the net or talking on various chat forums with their friend. Uh, The report provides critical insights into the threats that children face online and also has found that there's been a 360%, a 360% increase in self-generated sexual imagery involving 7 to 10-year-olds. I mean, those are children, children. They don't even have front teeth. And people are sexualizing children on the internet. And these are reports coming out of Internet Watch Foundation. And all of this data has been gathered by the We Protect Global Alliance. We're joined by Shaley Hingorani, who's the head of policy, advocacy and research at We Protect Global Alliance. Good morning, Shaley. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming. This is so disturbing. This is incredibly disturbing, um, and and thank you for the generous introduction to the Global Threat Assessment. Like you said, it is a flagship policy document, and what we're trying to do through the assessment, uh, which is issued once every two years, is to assess the scale and scope of child sexual abuse and exploitation online. And we're doing this because we think that the response to the threat needs to be transformed. Mm. Okay, so I've just kind of given the the headline, 87% increase in reported child sex abuse material cases. Can you break this down for us? What are we talking about when we say child sexual abuse cases online? Absolutely. Let me try and explain to you what is fueling this increase. Um, it's two trends, actually. The first trend has to do with the increase Um, in the intensification or worsening of known forms of abuse. These are forms of abuse that we've been studying for a long while now. Um, To give you an example, you quoted Kaltenel. Oh, we seem to have lost Shaley Hingorani, who's the head of policy, advocacy and research at the We Protect Global Alliance. Let's see if we can get that line reestablished. She's based in the UK um, and she can just tell us a little bit more about the methodology used in drafting the fourth global threat assessment report, which has disturbingly found that there's been an 87% increase in child sex abuse material cases. And so we're talking about what children are seeing online, uh, who they are talking to online. When adverts pop up online and they click on, 
who's baiting them and quite frankly how then children become groomed so it may not necessarily involve uh, somebody physically harming your child but it's somebody starting to put in the mind of your child some really dirty disturbing thoughts that at an age of 7 to 10 years old they are not in any way able to make sense of shaley hingorani is back online we lost you there you were telling us about the methodology and what you mean by uh sex abuse cases online absolutely so i was saying that we have noted an 87% increase in the number processed in 2019 by the us based national center for missing and exploited children and this increase is being fueled by two different trends one of them has to do with the intensification or worsening of known forms of abuse i already gave you the example of self generated sexual imagery the other one has to do with financial sexual extortion and coercion which has seen a 7200% increase in reports um which has led the FBI to actually issue a public advisory on the explosion of such things um the second trend broad trend that is fueling this increase has to do with um new forms of abuse these are linked to emerging technologies um such as ai and immersive tech ai generated cpam um is something that we are extremely worried about because we think that it is going to complicate the law enforcement response to child sexual abuse um and exploitation because without additional support law enforcement may not be able to make the distinction between what is real child sexual abuse material and what may be considered synthetic mm. um immersive tech also poses significant risks to children uh, particularly in terms of its ability to simulate abuse of virtual representations of children um and the third novel trend that we've seen is the use of legal images for the purposes of sexual gratification mm. okay and so there are quite a few things we're talking about it's the intent uh it's the effect but also it's the technology that's being deployed and so the use of ai generated images so let's just start right now with the technology and what you know about the technology because kids are fascinated by it but when does it become harmful right no and and kids have a right to be fascinated um with new technology what the report is suggesting is that before new technology hits the market we need to put in place certain guardrails that anticipate the way a particular technology may be misused so that we're intervening before the abuse takes place a lot of our interventions specifically with new technologies are often designed to intervene after the abuse has taken place we need to protect children from abuse before it takes place and what are the things that uh, regulators can do because in australia they've now placed put in place measures mm-hmm. that force big tech companies we're talking the twitters or x as it's called the googles big tech to take steps to ensure that um AI products can't be manipulated to introduce things like deep fake and 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 uh, computer generated images that are you know that can be manipulated by a third party what what can countries do right 
So as we said, it is an emerging technology. So there is um, a lot of thinking still happening around the best way to mitigate the risks that AI poses. Mm. But you're exactly right in pointing out to some new regulatory responses we have seen, such as asking search engines to clearly demarcate which images have been synthetically generated. The other steps that we can think about taking have to do with how AI models are trained in the first place. Uh, Does their training data include child sexual abuse materials? Because that should not be the case at all. Mm. Um, We also need to strengthen the law enforcement response uh, because we need to help them triage cases so that they can prioritize um, cases where quote-unquote real children are involved. But this is not to detract from the fact that even when we have synthetic forms of uh, child sexual abuse materials, mm. it will contribute to the sexualization of children with its use, right? We want to make sure that even synthetic artificial representations of children in a sexual setting are discouraged because there is a possibility that viewing child sexual abuse materials may lead to offenders actually perpetrating abuse in quote-unquote the real life. All right. So we do need and, and, you know, one of the challenges we have uh, on the African continent is even though there's a lot of this innovation taking place, uh, we don't really have laws that speak specifically to new tech like AI and the like. And so without those regulations, uh, each person is kind of moderating the content on their own. And that's and that's becoming quite tricky. There is another term that's being used here, uh, Shelley, which is grooming. What do we mean by sexual grooming and how does it come about online? I'm glad you asked me that question. Uh, Grooming is a process um, through which a perpetrator or an offender seeks to build trust with the eventual intention of sexually abusing a child. Um, Our understanding of what this looks like in the online context has increased massively over the last two years. What we know is that online grooming may not look like a linear process. Often when we think about it in physical settings, we think of it as an offender going through different stages of building trust, exchanging gifts, making the first sort of sexual request, and so on and so forth. But what digital technology is doing is that it is enabling a number of different perpetrators who are looking to abuse children to be able to reach these children through gaming platforms, through other social media platforms at scale. Um, And once this initial contact is made, then the conversation can quickly escalate to uh, a sexual conversation. Um, This is worrying for us because I think it is really important that when we're thinking about how to um, intervene and and proactively detect these conversations, Mm -hmm. we have to go beyond uh, the classifiers that we have at the moment to be able to categorize these conversations as conversations that are the precursor to abuse. Mm -hmm. Um, And the scale and and the rapid nature of 
the escalation also means that we need to be ready to intervene fairly quickly. Right. We don't have a lot of time to protect children from abuse. Okay, so there's two things. When we say intervene quickly, there's an intervention at a regulatory mm-hmm. level where the government, whether through the Department of Public Health, uh, Communications and Technology or Education, steps in to tighten the rules of how children engage the Internet. So that's the one of the things that can be done. The second thing is what the parents can do. And I think parents listening now would say, how do I know? that my child would be vulnerable and how would I prevent it? Because I can't sit with them and monitor every single thing they're doing online. And if they look like they're gaming, it it seems pretty innocent. Yeah, no, absolutely. So just picking up on what you just said, I think it's really important that we remember that we need a multifaceted response. So you're absolutely right in pointing out that there is a regulatory piece here. There is a more upstream education PCR, and we definitely agree that parents need to be involved as well. Um, I have some specific research that I want to share with you on parental involvement, but before I do, I just want to quickly say that when we talk about parents, and specifically in the context of them being a protective factor, we're not placing the sole responsibility of protecting children on them, right? Because we need multiple sectors, we need governments, we need tech companies to be involved in protecting children. So it's not just the responsibility of parents. As far as parents go, and you know, not everybody, not every set of parents is going to have the time, like you said, mm. to be completely aware of what their children are doing. But at a minimum, they should have a conversation with their children about the devices they're using at home, lay down some specific ground rules on how these devices are going to be used. They should also be interested in the child's digital life. Just like parents are interested in the child's school life, they need to ask them questions about what they're doing online, which websites they're visiting, who they're interacting with on a regular basis. The research specifically on grooming actually finds that one of the questions that groomers often ask children is whether they are in close contact with their parents, whether their parent is still around or not. What this tells me is that if a child has regular access to parents and is aware of what um, the parent is aware of what the child is doing, Mm -hmm. and if the child can then so to communicate this to the groomer, the groomer is less likely to continue with the grooming interaction. Mm. Okay, so parental engagement becomes a buffer, becomes a deterrent uh, for a groomer even trying to lure a child. As we wrap up the conversation, um, this report is global, obviously. So it's an 87% increase in child sexual abuse materials worldwide. Uh, is there data to tell us what the picture looks like in Africa? Um, I have data that specifically talks to the South African context. Um, in South Africa, and we know this from the research of a member of the Alliance, between 7 to 9% of Internet-using children have been subjected to child sexual abuse and exploitation. Um, and we know that they are being targeted through major social media providers. Um, which is why it's really important for parents to have that conversation about which platforms, which websites their children are using. But also we must bear in mind that the intervention after the abuse has already taken place must take into account that children who have been subjected to abuse are actually not telling anyone. 
if we do tell someone, they're telling their friends, right? They're not reporting to hotlines, they're not mm-hmm. going to law enforcement, and quite possibly they're not getting the kind of psychosocial support that somebody who's experienced sexual abuse and exploitation requires. Mm-hmm. And given what we know about the long-term impact of child sexual abuse and exploitation, right. I think we do need to investigate the cultural factors that may be inhibiting children from seeking help. Yeah. Thank you so much for uh, just making us aware uh, of the work that you have been doing at We Protect Global Alliance and, of course, the findings of the fourth Global Threat Assessment Report. And parents, I mean, a lot of this has to do with what's happening in cyberspace. These new technologies like uh, generative AI, in this case, I want to say degenerative AI, where it might not be somebody physically touching your child, but it's somebody who knows that your child is online, is gaming, is on a chat forum, and then starts to send images that are lured, that that um, are intriguing, but are frightening for a child. And when the child is clickbaited, then they start a conversation with them. And so very soon your child is being sexually harassed. Your child is being groomed. Uh, Somebody's asking your child about their body parts, about, you know, sexualizing a child. And before you know it, your child is part of some kind of an online uh, ring, which could later on lead to something more direct and physical. All of that is sexual assault. All of that is sexual assault and it's happening in cyberspace and you really need to be more vigilant and careful. And so we're just urging you to do so. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.